Hey, this is Higher Peaks. This podcast is supported by our listeners on Patreon. There you can become a patron with options of bonus content, including behind-the-scenes posts, messages, pics, shorts, raw, unedited content, and even full episodes. You can influence future shows, have voting power, get exclusive rewards, and have patron-only giveaways. Become a patron now, and until April 30th on the Organ Love tier or higher, you receive a free pack of our private Crosses seed stock. See full details on our page at patreon.com slash organ rooted. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Organ Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you organs, cannabis culture. Welcome to the Dirt Show. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. And welcome to part two of Components of a Psychedelic Trip. I hope you enjoyed the first part. Like I said before, we're going to go into some really crazy stuff. Now, last time we finished off with geometry, mm-hmm. which is my favorite. And I think that the eight levels kind of explains eight most of A and eight B. I guess nine levels. <laughs> Nine. Eight. Should have just said nine. Eight plus. But yeah, I, I think that explains kind of the profound part of the trip, which is I is like the most important but this time we're going to start off with actually fractals that's another common component in this visual geometry these are a concept that exists within mathematics and can be described as complex patterns that repeat infinitely into themselves allowing for the same self-similar image to be found no matter how far you zoom into any part of the image i think most commonly that's what i see the geometry that i see is fractals So if you look that up online, uh, Google images, those are pretty similar. Now, go ahead. What's really creepy is about an hour ago, I opened my phone and I was on a fractal geometry page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know how it got there. Wow. Is that not creepy? Yeah. See, they're watching and listening. They're listening. They're always listening. You know, but hopefully maybe it'll raise our... Our stats. Right. <laughs> All right. Go ahead right, and Instagram. Google. Especially if there's any law enforcement out there, you know, we hope you're inflating our stats for us. We appreciate it. Good looking out. Share it to your friends. Uh, but fractals, yeah, if you look those up and actually I just want to make a point here. I hope I do not mess this word up, but I believe it's Shippabos, Shippibos art. Shippabo. Shippabos right. art. I think it was the first one. If you look that up, that is there's I believe it's an Amazon try or it's a tribal group that has been known to use ayahuasca for a long time not like amazon like you go online and buy something like actual amazon guys maybe i don't quote me on that i know you've been stuck inside for a long time but there's other things called like the amazon this is this is not mail order uh, ayahuasca (laughs) right uh but if you look that up on google that art uh under it's a fractal images that kind of artwork is almost dead on 
So if you look that up, that's really cool too. Yeah. And those tribes, they are, uh, like I said, well known for a long, long, long time of doing ayahuasca and they have, that's their artwork. And right. so, it, but if you look at it, they've really kind of nailed it, how it looks. Yeah. Good examples there. They had good notebooks in their heads, in their heads. And I guess a stick and a piece of wood. I don't know. I don't know. And some and beautiful rocks. dye. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, hallucinatory state. The fourth sensory effect is perhaps the most profound subjective sensory effect that the psychedelic experience has to offer. They are manifested as two distinct effects, which come in a variety of different intensities. External hallucinations. Right, which we know, you know, that's self-explanatory. Yeah. Internal mm-hmm. hallucinations, which, which again is self-explanatory. Which, well, it's closed eye. I think it's open eye versus closed eye is what we're getting at here. Um, Maybe. Well, I, maybe, I didn't put the definitions in, but maybe it was. internal. Like I could see, like I was building an insane asylum with my eyes open, staring at something. Yeah. So I was still building stuff, but my eyes were open. I could cool. still see it. Mm-hmm. That's why I said it was at the ocean is because I had the glow stick. I was going back and forth and staring at anyways. See, uh, different and, experience. Yep, exactly. Transforming hallucinations, internal, external. And the transforming hallucinations, remember, are things changing shape from one thing to another. Right. Okay. So it could be from a solid object to geometry or it could be, you know, uh, from a solid object to another solid object. Mm -hmm. But that could be both internal and external. And I don't know why, but a lot of times they separate the transforming part from the other hallucinations. Right. And I don't know why other than the fact that it's. Maybe it's more of a true hallucination in the sense that you can something can change into something else that's real, like a table could turn into a chair, say. Right. Yeah. Okay. go ahead. As these states of imagery become increasingly elaborate, proportional to dosage, Mm -hmm. of course, Mm -hmm. uh, they eventually become all encompassing, full fledged 3D hallucinations, which surround the person in fashion similar to dreams. This creates a feeling that one has broken through, quote unquote, into another reality. The things which occur within this perceived alternate reality can be anything, but generally fall under common archetypes, such as contact with automata, not automaton, autonomous. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was going on It's not on an about. Autobot. It is not an Autobot. <laughs> Autonomous entities, imagined landscapes and scenarios that can seem so unlike anything previously experienced that they are in all probability untranslatable into English. So in other words, we wouldn't understand them. It would only be something our mind could understand. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think a good portion of upper doses of psychedelics are like that. Even I cannot describe the geometry that I see. This right. does a really good job, but it doesn't. You don't. You don't really understand the complexity, and just like your whole. You don't. You don't understand yeah. imagery, just like a book. Anybody who reads the book will get something different out of it. Everybody will picture a person in the book differently. Good analogy. Um, I'm sorry, but here's a good example. Twilight to me. I don't think the characters matched up as the movies. So there we go. I, you know, me mentally, I thought of somebody completely different for right. everybody in there. And sure. it's it's just, you know, the way the book explains something compared to what somebody else sees in their mind's eye. You can't make somebody see what you see. No, you can't explain what you see to somebody exactly the way you see it. No, imagination is so, I mean, that's just it. It's imagination that could be anything. Some people have it. Some people don't. (laughs) Yeah. um, And I think like what we're talking about here is what you'd experience. You'd have to either be high doses of 
uh, you know, acid LSD or, you know, say mushrooms, but you know, like a DMT trip, you know, this would be common in a regular DMT trip. And the, the autonomous entities, which we're going to get into seems to be really common with DMT. And again, all these things are so abstract, right? That not only is the person who's under the influence comprehending it in their own way. I mean, there's got to be so much influence on how they comprehend that vision. Yeah. It'd be like, again, like you, like looking at a painting, what you see is going to be different than what I see, Mm -hmm. even though we're looking at the same colors and the same picture. Yeah. Uh, We're going to comprehend it in two different ways. It might be pleasing to you. And I think it's shit. This is crap. (laughs) This is crap. (laughs) So, Gordon Ramsay, shout out. (laughs) The content of these experiences are often described to feel transcendental mystical, spiritual, and religious in nature, regardless of the tripper's theistic beliefs. And that's important to realize because it's saying that it basically supersedes anything that may have been there before. Um, The tripper. That means each individual person. There you go. Yeah. Uh, But also, too, like I had said, in this geometry plus um, dosages, these are the transcendental. So for a lot of people, they might take an eighth and not necessarily hit that point epiphany of any sorts. They might not see an insane asylum like I did yeah. the first time. Yeah. So but and that's, you know, my tough. immunity was apparently a lot lower then because I cannot do that now. I can barely. Last time, last time we did do it like actually solidly tried to do it was when I was watching Harry Potter and it took me until you were almost out of your trip in order to get into mine. (laughs) Well, again, that's the thing. It's there. You can try to time things and it's, it pissed me off. And the only reason why you continued to trip is because I turned on Harry Potter and you're like, Oh, I just remember you were tripping out next to me, like under the blanket all the way up to your chin, staring at the TV. And I was all sitting up with the pillows in my arms crying because it was so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Just because you're crying in the corner doesn't mean it's a bad trip, but basically the overall, the degrees of intensity can be broken down into five levels. Enhancement of mental visualization. The lowest level of internal hallucination can be defined as a distinct enhancement of the heightened state of mental visualization. That one drifts into when simply daydreaming or using the imagination. It can be described as a short-term detachment from one's immediate surroundings during which a person's contact with reality is blurred and partially substituted by an extremely ill-defined fantasy. The generation of the details of this internal visualization are partially autonomous in nature, but mostly controlled by the content of one's current thought stream. This all goes back to what's going on inside yourself. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And it also kind of highlights the fact that what you got going on in your life is going to be present in this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And that could be as far back as childhood. (laughs) Exactly. Partially defined imagery. The level of internal hallucination generally consists of partially defined blurred and faded imagery with one's peripheral vision. Peripheral. I don't know. I think I've always skipped past right the mental visualization. I think I've, you know, skipped right past that. Yeah. Uh, partially defined imagery. Um, I don't know. Has it with your imagery, has it ever started in your peripheral? Peripheral? Um, I got to say when I was doing 
when we did that acid, mm-hmm. it, I, I had more uh, peripheral stuff than I had straight up in my in my eyesight. So it was like there was things that were doing like hexagons in the corner of oh, okay. my eyes. Nice. But when I'd focus on it, it wouldn't do it. Right. Okay. It was only in the corners. Hmm. And so it was all peripheral. I could not concentrate on it. Interesting. So I don't know if I've ever experienced that or not. That was only it was it was only when I don't know, it was only certain times, like mm-hmm. when we were watching a movie or, you know, when I got up and would walk around. But if I was like when, you know, solidly looking at something, it was it would go away. Like I said, fully defined imagery is the next spot. As the vividness and intensity increases, the imagery eventually becomes fully defined and realistic enough in its appearance, detail and size and starts to display itself within the tripper's direct line of sight behind closed eyelids. For me, it's a real quick line going from where I would say distortions Mm -hmm. and patterns and all the stuff we've been talking about right into the fully defined. Right. I mean, like I'll close my eyes and what, what happens for me is I'll start seeing these flashes of light, like streaks. So it'd be like a blue streak and then a red streak and then different color streaks. And then that starts turning into full colors. Right. And then that turns into geometry and then it keeps going, but it's really fast. Like it builds just super quick. Yeah, like within a couple minutes, like you, so I can like, close my eyes. And, oh, it's like shit. the Star Wars stars coming at you, and then all of a sudden, fractal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Same with when I had the cartoons, or even when I built that whole universe thing. It it came on quick, and I was doing it like I was sitting there with my eyes closed, you know, having regular thoughts, and all of a sudden, boom, and I'm building shit. You were so. in it. <laughs> Partially defined breakthroughs. As the vividness and intensity further increases, the imagery eventually becomes fully defined, realistic and all-encompassing, enough in the appearance, detail, and size that they begin to display themselves as random flashes of spontaneous scenarios similar to dreams, just as you were saying. <laughs> so I, I guess that's maybe the next step up. Huh? Maybe. <laughs> Although all-encompassing, at this level, they are partially to completely blurred and transparent in appearance with the tripper's physical body still feeling connected to the real world. These will usually disappear or shift into another hallucination after a short period of time, but are capable of becoming fully grounded and long lasting in their manifestation. Yeah. And I think that's a great description because that's pretty much on point. That exactly it. how it is. Yeah. yeah. And of course I'm, it's been back and forth while we have geometry and then cartoon shit. Right. I've even had that one time we took mushrooms. I had that time where I would close my eyes and it, again, it wasn't any kind of geometry, but it was, I would see a frame and it was all like gray, all black and white and gray. And then there would be, a, a statue or a person usually a woman mm-hmm. and that woman would be all in color and i kept seeing different like visions of that different yeah. kinds of women and i'm not talking like anything no i know it like i'm think actually it actually looked more like alterish like like virgin mary stuff like fully robed dressed type or was it women. like an old like an old statue yeah, an old statue yeah. with robes hanging no, I know down. What you're about. Yeah. Kind of bent over sometimes or kneeled down. And it was but mostly females. Like it an was old really Roman weird. statue. Yeah. Like That's really different. weird. So but color. They call those breakthroughs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They they say these are the breakthroughs. Right. Okay. Okay. Fully defined breakthroughs. Once the internal hallucinations become sufficiently elaborate, they eventually become all encompassing, permanent, ever shifting alternate realities, which appear completely realistic extremely detailed and highly vivid in their appearance. They also occur alongside of accompanying relevant auditory and tactile hallucinations, as well as sensation of a complete disconnection of the physical body. I think we're getting up to six, seven and eight here. Yeah. It's good to know that the next step I think for me would actually be involving 
physical sensations and, you know, uh, auditory. Right. Uh, because I have not heard any auditory things nor felt anything really. Mm-mm. I don't think. <laughs> Who <Okay>. knows? <laughs> In terms of the general stylistic appearance of this state, it can range from hallucinations, which are stylized and comprised of a condensed geometry-based material, or they can be completely solid and realistic in how they look. I imagine my version of cartoons or, you know, people versus the geometry. This particular state can be broken down into three distinct components. Now, this gets to the juicy part. Right. We got the autonomous entities. Which can be described as the visual experience of perceived contact with entities or beings which appear to be sentient or autonomous in their behavior. This is a shared subjective effect component that can manifest as a result of both external and internal hallucinations. Which is interesting. But I do believe, again, this is DMT, not specific necessarily, but um, this is you can reach this quicker. And I've talked to a few people, you know, right in front of me, like friends, like uh, Juan Martinez. And uh, I can't, you know, offhand, I won't remember all of them, but they have reported these entities and actually i think one of them was a you know a common one is these entities trying to lead you into a yeah right you you're talking about this sort last of, time yeah some sort of direction jump on so. this train <laughs> autonomous entities seem to act as the inhabitants of a perceived independent reality they are generally expectant of the trippers sudden appearance into their realm and often interact with them in various ways the behavior of a typical entity can vary wildly and seem to depend heavily on the tripper's current emotional mind state. For example, although more often than not, they will act as loving, kind, intelligences, teachers, or healers in a certain context, they are equally capable of acting as indifferent, uncaring, or even as malicious tormentors. I've heard of both. I've Well, actually what I heard was... Malicious is scary. It's scary. Yeah, malicious tormentors would be scary. Well, remember that at least if it's a DMT state, it's gonna it's only gonna be a few it's minutes. It's only gonna be a few minutes, yes. Although but... some people report it seeming like it lasts hours, sometimes <sighs> days. Um, but I do know that people have reported mostly good stuff, yeah, or indifference. Whereas I had one person, they said the reason they didn't get on that particular train, to them it was a train that they were taken away on. The reason they didn't get on that train is because they seemed a bit malicious. Yeah. So they just said no, stayed there. And the trip, like they didn't have, he didn't have, like the entities apparently said, do you, would you like to go? And which seems common amongst trippers. And he's like, no, (laughs) and they didn't make him. So (sighs) keep in mind that people also tell me that during the DMT trips and they're, and they're actually this deep, keep in mind that they still have control over their body. Yeah. Which is a very interesting thing. Yeah. It's not like salvia where you could wake up in your front yard. Right. You know, you, 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 what you do want to do is be laying down or laying back so you don't fall over off a chair or something. Yes. Entities can literally take any form, but common subconscious archetypes are definitely present and commonly include perfectly ordinary human beings, shadow people, bodiless, super intelligent humanoids, aliens, <laughs> elves, animal beings, giant spheres, insecticide, insectoids, beings of light, plants, robotic machines, gods, goddesses, demons, fantastical creatures, and more. Uh, Again, this is all I imagine stemming from uh, imagination, but I also do know that this kind of hints to the fact that 
people can probably hallucinate aliens in general yeah. or any kind of monsters in general. Yeah. You know, so. depending how strong their DMT trip was. Regardless of appearance. <laughs> gotcha. Regardless of appearance, there are distinctly different types of entity which one may encounter, each of which represent a particular subsection of one's own consciousness and can be identified primarily through their personality, but also their appearance. These are broken down into three separate categories. Representations of the self. The simplest form of entity can be described as a mirror of one's own personality. It can take any visible form but clearly adopt an identical vocabulary and set of mannerisms to one's own personality when conversed with. Representations of the subconscious. This category of entity can take any visible form, but adopts the personality of what seems to be a conscious controller behind the continuous generation of the details regarding one's current experience and the management of one's own perspective, personality, and internally stored model of reality. So you've got entities that can represent you. Mm-hmm. You've got entities that can represent your subconscious, which I imagine that can be kind of creepy because what, who knows what lurks down in that shit. Right. And then you've got representations of specific concepts. Uh, It says it's the most varied type in terms of its visual form and immediately perceivable personality. Um, It's a simulated sentient representation of internally stored concepts and adopts an appropriate personality to fit this to an amazing degree of accurate detail. For example, this specific concept could include people you have met throughout your life, fictional characters, or symbolic representations of abstract concepts such as emotions or key parts of one's own personality. That is so in-depth. Like, this is a good description, but it only opens the door to how varied it can be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be absolutely anything in your head. When communicated with through spoken word, the level of coherency in which these entities can communicate with is highly variable, but can be broken down into four distinct levels. These are listed below as silence. So silence, obviously, they can be quiet. Mm -hmm. Partially defined in coherent speech. Is that like alien shit? That just like that. <laughs> Fully defined in coherent speech. How Oh, wait. It says this level can be defined as audible linguistic <laughs> conversational responses and noises which contain fully defined words. But Harper. Lack, yeah, but lack structure. Yeah. So Harper. So, yeah, exactly. She gets just, into full conversation with you and you better and, understand. And some of those words are actually legit words. Yes. Cereal. Yeah. <laughs> Fully stop. defined. <laughs> no. Stop. No. Uh, fully defined coherent speech. So now you've got words and those words actually have sentence structure. Yes. Okay. So these dudes, whatever these weird creatures are, are now talking to you at this point. Right. Autonomous entities may also communicate with trippers via a combination of telepathy, visual, linguistics, mathematics, and morphing colored structures of different textures. This is just creepy. At this point, who who's actually done this? I mean... Who actually wants to continue on doing that? I, <laughs> I would, I th- it would seem to me that the the actual miracle here would be that you do come back but i imagine that after experiencing this how the hell would you ever explain that to somebody um here's i can barely understand what i'm gonna have to re listen to my podcast to even understand this well you're gonna have to anyways Mm -hmm. (laughs) so now along with the autonomous entities and you know we just talked about how they communicate uh and whatnot now in this bubble as we call it the landscapes the sceneries the settings that you're in it can be so many different things. 
And again, it goes on to say how uh, it comes from uh, memories. Uh, it comes from daily routines. I think a lot of this is basically that. A lot of this comes from your your life, your your subconscious and daily routine. Also in these systems or these environments, it can conclude planetary systems, galaxies, quasars. I've definitely been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not maybe not quasars, but definitely galaxies, jungles, rainforests, deserts, ice scapes, cities, natural environments, caves, space habitats. I would say I've been there. Vast structures. I would say that you've been there. Mm-hmm. Civilizations. Did you have people in your thing? I don't remember. <laughs> Great. I didn't go inside. I you just... didn't have any autonomous Well, I entities. was building in and out, but maybe they were in there. I don't know. Sure. Uh, you can have technological utopias. That'd be cool. Uh, ruins, m- machine scapes, rooms, and other indoor environments. Uh, people have tripped uh, being in neuron environments, DNA environments, atoms, molecules, mitochondria, and basically incomprehensible geometry based on landscapes. I mean, it it it's it's crazy. I <laughs> what comes out of your brain? I can't imagine sitting there and and having a DNA strand being built by my brain. Right, that would blow me away. That'd be crazy as hell at other points they act as something which is flown over but are also often experienced through the act of autonomous entities directly manipulating which you can see in view and intentionally propelling trippers in different directions or disorienting speeds this forces them to view or pass directly through microscopic and macroscopic scale settings including both previously experienced landscapes and previously unexperienced landscapes. I wonder if this is like the train part, like people getting jolted off to other spots. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I have not been this far. I don't have any input. No, I don't either. I'm not. Yeah, sure about it. We'll let you know when we do. Sure, that's and that's why this is almost, if we can. Yeah, this is basically learn as one of our listeners put it. This is learning and sharing the learning. Yes, <laughs> we're learning we're sharing with the you. learning. Alterations in perspective. Alterations in perspective can be described as a shared subjective effect component that manifests as a result of both external and internal hallucinations. These can be experienced through four alternate vantage points. This is interesting. Now, Juan mm-hmm. Martinez had experienced this in one of his trips and i've heard this is common too but the first person second person third person fourth person perspective so just like a book um you can have that first person the most common yeah it's normal experience person. yep <laughs> it's every everyday self that's normally what we describe as a sober self and body second person would be perceiving hallucinations from the perspective in an external of source somebody else yep mm-hmm uh, third person, this is essentially an out-of-body experience. So right. saying everything, not as anybody else, but kind of floating above everything. Sure, sure. Almost like, yeah, uh, sorry, out-of-body. Out, out, <laughs> Almost out of, like out-of-body. <laughs> Fourth person, person is uh, the least common. Uh, it's the, the least common form of perspective and can be described as the experience of perceiving the hallucination from the perspective of multiple or even infinite vantage points simultaneously. And this is what Juan That's had explained. Strange. Yeah, he had explained that he was, he described it as like security cameras, I believe, where he was able to uh, pick a location in the house essentially, <laughs> and then view from that location huh. remotely. That's So strange. he was sitting in the couch and he could, I guess, mentally pick a spot in the room and then view from that location. Oh, that'd be crazy. Which we know can't be done. So your brain has an amazing ability to be able to 
know what it would look like that from a different angle, from a different angle. And then have you perceive it in such detail. It's amazing. It's like hearing yourself without hearing yourself through your head. Huh? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So these scenarios and plots themselves can either be entirely new experiences that are unlike anything experienced within the real world. They can be old experiences such as accurate memory replays or a combination of the two. It can be from the subconscious or, or other places as well. And I think this is why you not only learn things, but I keep saying that, but also because your subconscious has a lot of hidden shit that you don't really have much access to. Right. And although it seems like we have a great ability to be able to dump things in there, it doesn't seem like we're able to recall them as is would be medically necessary, say. But remember, you only use what? 10% of your brain at any given time you use your whole brain but at any given time it's but meaning 10%. you're basically using 10% of your brain think about being able to open it up and use so much more at of that it. given time absolutely at that given time. and they know that from studies that you open up uh synapses they actually create synapses but you open up pathways don't quote me on that I don't remember if it was 10 or 20 <laughs> percent it was it was in the low it was in the lower them, numbers them tens them ten no no them day 20s I keep them no, real clean. No, them tens. No, they twenties. <laughs> so we'll end with the miscellaneous, unique, and rare visual effects. Although there are many universally experienced visual components of psychedelic experience, you should not allow this guide to give you preconceived notions for two separate reasons. The first reason is that although these descriptions have been carefully worded and extremely thought out, they will never come close to the real experience. The real thing is incomprehensible, logic defying, and impossible to translate into two-dimensional images or words. The unenglishable factor is one of the few things that all psychonauts can all agree on when it comes down to psychedelic experience. The second reason is that the psychedelic experience is still a subjective experience and not by any means confined and limited to these visual components. These effects can be anything and usually occur at higher doses. Unique visual effects are completely personal to you and something that nobody else on the planet has ever been, has ever seen before or ever will likely get to experience again, even you, I would say. Mm Mm-hmm. So remember, do not limit your perception to the components described above because there is more to the psychedelic experience than words can ever say. Amen. Ta-da. And done. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, I appreciate everybody hanging in there for the two full things. And I know that. And the stutters. The stutters. uh, Some big words in there. But that's almost as simple as you can make it to describe an experience. Um, And I hope that people didn't get lost in those words. I We tried to keep it simple. Yet intricate like you want to be able to know what we're saying because that is the point of the trip so and the only way to really know what we're talking about is do it yourself is to legally um, do it yourself legally in safe circumstance take it upon yourself to make the proper judgment if you should do this or not as an adult over we do 20, not promote any sales or use of illegal substances with this podcast <laughs> And uh, yeah, we uh, no minors, please. Absolutely not. Minors, no one, keep your brain pretty until you're 21 and then you can fucking do what you want. Until we prove that we can dose you up, you're going to have to just wait. But you're not supposed to be listening to us anyways unless you got a medical card. And then I don't think YouTube knows that. <laughs> I just hope that we pass legislation this year with all this bullshit going on with COVID and stuff. It seems like it's starting to kind of ease up on the West Coast here. COVID. 
COVID, but I just hope that the psychedelic stuff gets pushed through and that we have some sort of starting point on this medicinal approach mm-hmm. and at least be able to have some sort of safe access. It's such a hard thing, mm-hmm. but I think the only way to really get it into people's hands is to be able to unfortunately um, decriminalize it right. and regulate it decriminalize nature now so with that said we need to go do some dmt and some some lsd too mm-hmm. so that's in our futures and then we'll report back oh like we're getting off the air signing off oh peach rings P- what <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you everybody we appreciate you hanging in there and uh next week we should have we have Indigo Gardens coming up. Indigo. Indigo Gardens. See, I screw up every word. I talked I... to him today. Uh, Payton or? Tyler. 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 Cool. You know, it's sad because all these farms right now I could be getting out to and doing some some tours and getting some video, both of us, the whole oh, crew. I'm sad. And this lockdown bullshit, it's making me nervous because like this, we, we should have had. still come out. We'll stay six feet away. I know. I was, I was telling him that, you know, <laughs> let us come out and we'll just stay 12 feet, you know, stay. We'll stay on the other rows, you know, the opposite we row. We can use somebody's drone and you could just talk to the drone <laughs> and we'll just walk go. at a reasonable <laughs> distance. I would have liked to have had a tour for this uh, episode. Yeah. But we'll still get out there this year, I'm sure. Hopefully, uh, but it is coming up. So look forward. Those guys are awesome. They're they're at the level of like Ananda Farms, Indigo Gardens. You know, they're all like uh, what's what's the other one I'm thinking of? You Green Farms, Wicked Kind, uh, the Focus North. I'm not talking about this. Well, I'm talking outdoor. Benson Arbor. Benson Arbor. So and I know that uh they also talk about some cool ass tech too shout out to old poppy gardens too even though he's not recreational yet too (laughs) he'll get there there's so many guys fighting to get into the wreck it's terrible him and him and jay bird are both one in the same like yeah jay had old poppy's mother plants while they were trying to figure stuff out with it it's really too bad, too, because the quality of the growers there, those two guys. Oh, God. Um, you know, it, it's something that the rec world would definitely benefit from. Yeah. Obviously, they'd probably get abused because they're good people and they're getting into a shark tank. Um, I think, fortunately, that they are smart enough men that when it comes to getting on the rec market, they know where they want to be and they want to be just like strictly certain places. They don't want to be everywhere. And when it comes to it, that means that they still are going to have like the the restriction of what they're going to they're, what they're going to do. You know what I mean? They're going to still sell and they want to stay at their certain price range. Absolutely. I, I just hope they come in and get treated well. So they will, they will at our shop. We want to keep reading uh, listener emails. So email us with questions or feedback or stuff. Any ideas you want us to talk about? Organrooted at gmail.com. And remember, we do have Patreon. It is open. It is. I'm putting cool stuff up almost almost daily. <laughs> All right, we appreciate y'all. Organ love. Organ love. Stay rooted. I'm Higher Peaks, and you've just listened to The Dirt Show. If you like this episode, please like, share, comment, and go to organrooted.com where you can subscribe to us on your favorite platform like iTunes, Pandora, or Spotify. Also check us out on our YouTube for videos and IG, Facebook, and Twitter for all our updates. Thank you for listening.